Welcome to Game of Books Podcast. I'm Kathy in South Dakota. And I'm Christy in South Florida. We're two newbie writers who share our love of food, wine, and mystery through interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors. And our virtual book club. And even our fun writing lessons with writing experts. Join us on today's adventure. Welcome to the Game of Books Podcast, Words in Progress with Nina Sadowski. Yes, this is a new series we're doing where we get a mini lesson on writing from experts in the field. And many of you may remember we talked to Nina last season um, on a Corks and Conversation episode. Uh, we did an, also did an episode around her book, The Empty Bed, which I see behind Christy there. <laughs> I'm like Vanna White here. Um, yes, we love talking to her and we love her books. So we were so happy when she agreed to give us a lesson today. So welcome, Nina. Thank you for having me. Delighted to be here. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be fun, I think. Um, so we're going to get started. But before we start in the lesson, um, I just want everyone out there um, to know that since we last spoke with Nina, she had a new book out called Convince Me. There's Kathy. <laughs> and um, we absolutely love this book. It, I really, I think I read it almost in one sitting. I, I couldn't put That's it down. That's what I aim for. That's what it, I aim for. That is my goal always. Well, you, you <laughs> succeeded here for sure. So um, in, yeah, in this book, I mean, there was, it, it just, um, you know, everything kind of came together, but it, it had betrayal, I think, is what I got this big theme from it. Mm -hmm. um, but as the story unfolds these with these characters, I felt a little bit of a sense of hope because, you know, you don't just want a total downer. And it seemed like in the end, they <laughs> the characters finally see the truth and can move forward. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't really want to say any more um, because I don't want to ruin this um, deliciously twisty read. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's a really great book and we're, we're really happy to... Um, well, I always do say about. that by examining where people are broken and damaged that I can also figure out how we heal, right? So mm -hmm. I always, I mean, that's partly why I'm drawn to writing. People always say to me, you're such a cheerful person and everything you write is so dark. I'm like, yes, because that's people, because I <laughs> process it through my writing and I really do. I, I look to see what makes us broken and, and therefore makes us hurtful to other people. And then also through that, what it takes to heal um, both ourselves and others. So it's, I'm always looking at both the dark and the light side of everything. Well, it was great. So it is a great read. And just don't start it too late at night if you're like <laughs> me, early, early to bed girl. <laughs> just be forewarned. That's all we're yeah. going to say. Well, You'll be like up. That. That's exciting. That, yeah. Okay, so let's get started on today's first lesson. I'm so excited. Um, so we do want to talk about themes. So just like Christy was talking about the theme in this, we want to talk about themes today. Um, and as everybody knows from our previous episode, Nina's got the chops to teach us a little bit of stuff here. She is not only a novelist, um, convince me is number three, right? In the fourth, four. fourth book, yeah. Please, I mean, come on. <laughs> and she's written numerous screenplays in Hollywood. Has had quite a career in Hollywood, executive producing little tiny films, you know, like The Wedding Planner with Jennifer Lopez and yeah, Matthew McConaughey. A very unfortunate man to look at. <laughs> 
Terrible. Um, it, was, it was a hardship the entire production. I feel so Terrible. bad for you. Yeah. Uh, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, and Mia, you also um, teach. You write your program director at NYU Los Angeles. I am indeed. Yeah. So, so I, I um, taught for uh, 12 years at um, the USC uh, film school um, as an adjunct. And um, I actually credit um, with becoming a teacher with really teaching me how to codify what I believed about writing because I had to be able to communicate it to students. And so, in, in fact, that's why I started doing um, writing tips and, and uh, you know, I started actually even doing them on YouTube before the pandemic. Um, but that really came out of that is that in, in having to explain a lot of what I felt about good storytelling, I had to be able to articulate it. Um, and so it really helped my own process because I was like, oh, I, I, that was something I instinctually did, but now I, now I'm doing it consciously. Yeah, so that's I, interesting. Yeah, well, I there's so. that adage, right? That the best way to learn something is to teach it. I mean, it, so. Yeah. In some ways, I, you know, I think that, I think the best way to learn anything is actually to do it. That's do it. what I would say. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, you know, just I kind of practice. <laughs> I do subscribe to that. And, and I do think this, I think that as a teacher, what I can teach is craft. I can give um, writers things to put in their toolboxes. What I can't teach and what every writer has innately is their own individual voice and lens. And that is, I think that a lot of my philosophies about writing um, are about marrying that sense of what is um, universal um, in terms of craft to that authentic, original, singular voice. Exactly. Yep. You know, you'd mentioned the video series, and that actually really is what spurred this idea for today's mm -hmm. episode. Because so on Nina's website, you can find these awesome little shorts, little short videos, and they're called Writing Tips from Inside Hollywood. And my favorite um, was uh, the one that we're going to talk about today, what is writing. But I want to know what was the inspiration. Like, how'd you get that little germ of an idea to do writing tips from inside Hollywood? I just thought it was so great. Um, well, you know, it was interesting. I, I really credit uh, a friend, um, a fellow author, uh, Jenny Milchman, who was one of the first people I met. Um, uh, one, first, one of the first fellow authors I met um, when I first published. And she really encouraged me to do a uh, newsletter. And I said, well, why, you know, everyone has a newsletter, you know, like, why is mine going to be any, what, why should I do it? What makes me special? And she said, well, you do know a lot about what goes on inside Hollywood. That's interesting to not only the general public, but also to fellow authors who might, you know, have their books ad adapted or whatever. She said, I think that gives you something special to talk about. So I started with my, um, my, it's called my Cheerfully Dark Dispatches from the Mind of Nina Sadowski. <laughs> Although in the pandemic, it's been from my resolutely resilient mind instead of my cheerfully dark mind. Um, but I started by doing a column in that newsletter called um, Hollywood Decoded. And I did it in part um, to answer questions that people might have. Um, everything from does an author get a say in their adaptation to, you know, how do they shoot? What's the role of an intimacy counselor on set? Like, you know, anything people wanted to know. But I originally started it to help promote um, other authors. And I would say, send me an, a Hollywood question and I'll answer your question and I'll provide a link out to whatever book you're promoting. Because one of the things I love about the writing community is the writing community supports each other. Yeah, right? They definitely do. Yes. And so you. I thought <laughs> this is a way for me to help support, 
you know, other people, give them a little, add, spread a little knowledge because I've, you know, been teaching a long time now and it's become a very gratifying part of my life. So share a little knowledge. So that was how I started with Hollywood Decoded. And if any listeners are interested, you can go to my website and sign up to receive that. Um, and then, um, but then I started thinking, um, what more specifically about what things I had learned from being in Hollywood for so long. Um, and, you know, one thing about working in film or TV, it is, you know, the pure mer merger of art and commerce in a way that is so interconnected that you cannot even think about one with the, uh, without thinking about the other, which I think is true in almost any art that's intended to also be a, revenue generator, but because the numbers are so huge in Hollywood um, that you cannot, you know, if you're spending $10 million on a single episode of television or, you know, $200 million on a single movie, you have to, from the very beginning, be thinking about who's the market audience, you know, um, how you're going to sell that. Um, and also, you know, the, because of that, because everyone is at risking so much, very highly codified things about, you know, structure, et cetera, need to always be met. Um, and then I began to realize that um, having written in Hollywood and produced in Hollywood, there were, there were tips that I could share, you know, things that I thought, you know, made, help me as a writer um, and that I thought could help other people. So great. That was the beginning of all that. There we go. Well, like Here Kathy we said, we, you know, we, we benefited from um, the videos and we particularly like the writing tips from, um, I mean, what is writing? Yeah. <laughs> and so um, we were wondering for our listeners, if you could kind of break, bring, break down the essence of what writing is. Yeah. So for me, and, you know, again, I think everyone has their own path, right, and their own process. But for me, writing is always um, the answers to a series of questions that I'm posing myself and then to, to myself. And then I rely on um, theme, character, and craft to answer those questions, right? So um, this is a controversial thing, but I don't believe in writer's block because I believe if, <laughs> if you feel like you're blocked, it means you just haven't asked yourself the right questions yet. What am I going next? What am I trying to say? What's the best use of that? So I always start by thinking in sort of broad terms, what do I want to write about? What do I want to talk about? With convince me, I wanted to talk about a culture of pathological lying that I feel that we're living in now that I feel like is causing nothing but divisiveness, right? There's a disrespect right. for facts and science and this world of alternative facts and, and what, but, and which is in itself bad, but the, 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 thing that also is stemming from that that I think is worse is this culture of divisiveness where people are, you know, are arguing belief, not fact, right? Absolutely. And so I was mad about that. I was really, really mad about it. And a lot of my writing comes from rage. That's, you know, <laughs> my husband always says a good thing I write, otherwise he'd wake up with a knife in his stomach. But um, so, you know, so I was really mad. And then a particular example of um, white male privilege came to my attendant, attention where I thought, oh my God, this person needs to be punished. And this isn't a <laughs> spoiler alert in any way because the book opens at the funeral, but I created a, the character of a pathological liar and then I killed him before the book began because that was so <laughs> satisfying <laughs> and, <laughs> to kill him. 
cathartic and also then because he couldn't as a character defend himself or deflect the way he did in life right so that was a very conscious choice of my part it was so so satisfying writing the book from knowing that he was dead from the beginning just filled me with pleasure um, but I as I said I always start off by thinking what do I want to talk about right um for example, in the new book I'm writing now, I'm, I'm writing sort of about three different themes, right? I'm writing about what, how much weight, the weight of grief, how much that affects us, how much we can bear. I'm writing about um, uh, this pervasive sense of violence that surrounds women. And I'm writing about what the changing technology is doing to our lack of privacy, everything from social media, you know, to being in each other's homes with Zoom. So, so those were my three big themes that I started about. The well, same those thing, are big themes. They were big. <laughs> That's a big start, challenge. <laughs> I always start with big themes. And then what I do, and this is a true with Convince Me Too, and Convince Me, I'm talking about big themes of pathological lying and how it affects people. I'm talking about betrayal, which, you know, I, I've talked, I'm talking about how we blind ourselves to um, information we don't want to hear, if the, the person sharing that information is someone we find attractive or charismatic, right? Mm -hmm. And then, so those are pretty weighty things, but on a personal level, this is what I always try to do. I try to think of these big themes and then I try to think, who are the characters that I can tell this through, this story through that will examine my themes in a really personal way because I feel like that's what connects readers, right? Is that if you create characters, and this is, I always say, this is math for writers. This is something else in my little, um, <laughs> in my arsenal yeah. of uh, writing tips from Inside Hollywood. Math for writers is empathy plus anxiety equals catharsis. And what I mean by that, if you can create characters for whom your reader feels genuine empathy, and that is, I think, one of the hardest things about writing, creating fleshed out characters that a reader can say, yes, I feel something for that person. Then putting that person or persons in situations which cause the reader and generally your character to anxiety, right? Mm -hmm. And then delivering a catharsis on the other end, not necessarily even a happy ending, but just a resolution. That's right. why we read. That's why we watched film. We watch film entertainment too. All of that is about wanting to experience emotions that we can relate to so that we have that cathartic experience. So that's why I say, you know, because I'm not a math person at all. It's sort of a joke at my own expense, but that's why I say it's math for writers. <laughs> yeah. you we can follow that. that. Oh, no. <laughs> right. That's about as much math as I can do. Yeah. Is that I was like, I have a calculator. Can I? <laughs> Yeah. But to go back what you were saying about the, um, you know, what is writing? So I think it's, you know, a series of answers to question pose. What am I writing about? Who am I writing it through? Um, how am I, what, where am I setting the story? You know, what's the environment? I think if you begin to ask yourself all these questions, and then if you're at the end of a chapter and you don't know where you're yet, you can go back to those questions, those main questions. What is my... What are my themes? Where, where am I, how am I, how did I create these characters to exploit these themes? So for example, in Convince Me, I give you a very specific example. When I thought I wanted to uh, deal with a pathological liar and essentially kill him, then and examine his life. Then I thought, well, who would the people be around him that would be most affected by this lying, right? So that's when I decided to tell the story from the perspective of his widow his best friend who was also his business partner and his mother, right? Because those are three very different perspectives of the same man. And, you know, again, as a writer, one of the things I'm always interested in 
is that there's no one absolute truth, right? We, mm. the three of us reported our versions of this podcast afterwards, we would all have three slightly right. different versions. It's not lack of truth. It's just perspective and experience, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I'm always interested in looking at that. And so I thought, all right, I'm going to have these three perspectives and watch these people in real time as they realize that he is, was not who they he was said he was, that they have been betrayed, and even worse, that he's left them all in heaps of trouble that they have to figure out how to get out of, right? And so, the, as I said, I what I thought um, was universal about this is that everyone's dealing with a culture of lying, and everyone is dealing, mm. everyone has dealt with betrayal, right, and been lied mm -hmm. to. That's something that I think is universal. And the personal specific telling that I brought to it was making it primarily, I think, a story of a woman betrayed, um, mm -hmm. um, but you know, also a friendship betrayed, um, which again are universal things that I think we've all experienced, right. um, even if not in the context of having experienced at the hands of a pathological liar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what makes it good reading. <laughs> Hopefully, I hope none of you listening have had that experience. <laughs> Wouldn't recommend it. So. No, if you can avoid it. So I, I mean, I'm really fascinated by, you know, you start with your theme, like you were mad and this is how it kind of got going, <laughs> but then you can extrapolate and make it bigger. So all of your, you can imagine how it would impact or affect all of your readers, which is really interesting. So even though you had your personal. Well, I try to, and I, and I think that, I think that comes out of Hollywood training, right? Because, you know, I, I really do, because you have to be thinking from the very beginning of conceiving a project, right? Yeah. Who is the audience? Is, is there a mass audience for this? You know, I used to say, say to my film school, film students, if you don't want to make mass media, write poetry, right? But if you want to, if you want to work in an industry that is geared towards reaching hundreds of millions of people, that's not an easy trick, right? And, and to me, I think the trick is, how do you find that universal theme? How do you find the thing that people will relate to, even if it's not their experience, it's that connection to empathy. And then what you as the individual artist bring is your lens, your perspective, your particular facility with language, your, you know, your experience, your, your training, whatever, whatever you have in your craft toolbox, you know, that's what you bring. Um, that makes it individual and special. Right. So when, when, when you're doing this, I mean, I'm imagining this is, my, this is Nina's office. She's got this huge sign up there that tells what her major themes are. Yep, right above the computer. <laughs> That's true, right? That's okay. See, and then, but then, so every, do you, every scene consciously go back and say, did I show this in this that, scene? That's a or great question. I have actually, I don't do it consciously when I'm setting out, but I do have a self-interrogation sheet that I also give my students um, that I use after the fact, because anyone who's written anything knows that you get in the weeds, right? And then there right. you are in the weeds and you like, you're thinking, I, you know, like every artist, I'm a genius, I'm a moron, I'm a genius, I'm a <laughs> right? Like that, that's what we do all day long, right? So by the time you're done with something, you have no idea and no perspective on it. So I created this self-interrogation sheet and what it requires me to do is go through the manuscript or the screenplay, whatever I'm working on, scene by scene or breaking it down by looking at different things. So for one, 
read, I'll just do the dialogue for every major character. I will only read their dialogue to see if they're speaking in a consistent voice. And I catch myself. Sometimes someone's using an expression or a pet name that really doesn't belong to the character, right? It mm -hmm. belongs to another character. Um, then I'll do another pass where I'll just look at my transitions from scene to scene to make sure that I'm m moving forward well with pacing. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes I'll do a read through or where I just read the description to see if that is concise and, and tight. And that's another thing I'll say I learned from Hollywood because on a screenplay, nobody reads the description, which is called the action. They only read the dialogue. So you learn to make that very, very punchy if you want to, <laughs> to pay attention, you know, not, to, not to linger in language. Um, so I'll, I'll go back and I'll ask myself, and one of the questions I ask myself every time I go back is, did every scene advance these four things, which are plot, story, character and theme. Um, sometimes it's not all four, but I ask myself and I see, is there something else I could layer in, you know, and sometimes it's subtle, you know, sometimes right. it's just adding a, a nod to something or, or, you know, um, you know, for example, I, in this book I'm working on now, I could have, I have a scene of a character walking through an underground parking garage, right. Um, which could just be, this woman walking through an underground parking garage, right, on the way, and she gets a phone call. That's all the scene is. But one thing that I did in the scene, because every woman I know has done this, is I had her put her keys through her knuckles and in the <laughs> brass knuckle, because she got spooked because I thought, well, that makes the scene tense. Nothing happens, she's not attacked in the scene, but it, it, mm -hmm. is, it does speak to my theme of this pervasive sense of violence that women wow. feel subjected right. to. And it creates an anonymous, an ominous feeling right from the get-go. You know, this is a really nitpicky small point, but I'm curious when you're going back and you're doing a pass-through for dialogue or a pass-through for whatever, do you read out loud? Do you read your work out loud? Are you reading it on your I do. I do. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, again, this is just to trick yourself because if you're staring at the same pages going by the computer screen, and I always start every day by reading what I had done the day before. So I always start by, you know, rewriting a little of what I did the day before. Um, but then, uh, yeah, I, sometimes I'll read it out loud. Some, sometimes I'll print it out to read it on paper, which is a different experience. That's usually mm -hmm. towards the end. Um, you know, I also very heavily rely on index cards which are every writer's friend yeah. <laughs> and different colors you know, is real if, good too <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, different colors you know because I tend to write a lot of multi-perspective mm -hmm. uh, you know, pieces and I just again because I'm always looking at interested in examining the truth from different perspectives I am um, you know, I'll have like yellow is all one character and blue is all another character because that way I can have like one word. I did this for convince me. I had one word that was about what had just happened to Annie and one word that would happen to Will and Carol so I could keep my head straight going forward what was oh, wow. you know, coming next. That's uh, so cool. So basically I'll use anything to keep myself organized. <laughs> <laughs> Any tool is, uh, is open, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. All right, so we had talked about this. Um, can you give us a little exercise to help us work on this theme and universal truths? Yeah, so I, um, and I'm going to uh, critique, right? A lucky winner, is that? Yes. I believe that. Yeah. That is so nice, yes. So, so yes, I'm excited to do this. So, okay, so what I would suggest is that 
people send in a statement of their theme or themes, what they, what the things they are, they are writing about. And I, and I think, you know, if you're writing anything, you should ask yourself, what am I writing about? That's what, you know, the questions I ask myself mm -hmm. always are who, what, you know, where, you know, why am I writing this? Another very important question. What's your personal connection to it? But the exercise I'd like to propose is that uh, you write a statement of theme and then send um, a paragraph or, you know, a few paragraphs, not too long a chunk, uh, mm -hmm. that, show, um, that show that theme in action as um, demonstrated through your characters. One of the greatest lessons in Hollywood of writing for film and TV is that all of your character has to be delivered by action, right? You don't have the luxury of writing the history of someone the way you do in prose or getting inside their thoughts, right? So everything that you write has to be showing their character through what they choose to do, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's actually good, um, you know, it's a good lesson for prose as well because action is what we relate to. We relate to characters that are active, not passive. Right. right. So, um, yeah, there it is. That's the prompt. So, right. Tell me what your theme is and tell me, let me see if you've examined your theme through your characters. Oh my gosh, Nina, that is such a cool, amazing opportunity for the writers. Yes. To this. Yes. It's yeah, valuable. Well, In fact, um, Kathy, are we, are we excluded? Can we go in for the contest? <laughs> Well, you guys will pick what you want me to critique. Okay. Yeah. And I'm actually happy to do We'll be first. honest. We're not, we're not pathological liars. We'll, we'll pick a random person that, from right. the audience. Um, and if that person is cool with it, you know, I can also uh, put it in my dispatch um, and talk about the... Wonderful. If yeah. They're, if, they're, if they're open to it. Nina, uh, that's such a great opportunity. Thank you for great. doing that for our Oh, listeners. I should mention too that I am also hosting a short story contest currently. Uh -oh. um, and you can submit to Nina at ninasadowski.com. Um, the subject is liars and lying. Um, <laughs> and the top two choices that we read, I will read them blind. My assistant will take off the, the names, but um, the top two will be published in my dispatch, which has a circulation of about 8,000 now. Um, and the top number one will also get a bag of gifts from me. So awesome. So I think we can, we can, we can you blindly can do that. <laughs> 500 words uh, on liars and lying. I did this awesome. for my burial society book on the subject of secrets. And I was so sure someone I knew was going to win. Um, and I was delighted when it was some random person I had never heard of from New Jersey. I was awesome. great. That was a great story. And I'm glad I read it. Good. <laughs> well, that's wonderful. That's so supportive. Thank you. Yeah, Nina, that's so great. You know, I, um, I completely agree with what you had said earlier that, that writers in this community are so supportive of one another. So what a cool opportunity you're providing for somebody. Well, right. I mean, I have to say, after years of getting beaten up by Hollywood, the fact that other authors are so nice, I keep going, what's wrong with everybody? Like, <laughs> you're, you're going to write a blurb for me? You're going <laughs> to, why would you do that? You know, I'm like a battered oh. child. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Nina, it's been so fun talking to you Likewise. Today. Total yes. pleasure, you guys. Yes. And, um, it, well, thanks for being our first guest on yeah. Words in Progress. And, um, we are planning on doing these every month um, for all the writers out there who want to keep exercising their craft. And then in the meantime, you can go to Nina's website um, and watch her 
um, NinaSadowski.com. Yeah. There I am, spelt with a Y. And uh, <laughs> there you yeah, go. That, and, and we'll have it on our show notes on our website too, a link and everything. So um, yeah, awesome. great. Get, get your themes ready and get a couple paragraphs ready for. Yes. Uh, yes. And go out and get um, Convince Me because yes. it's awesome. And I love on your website you have this um, wonderful book club kit to go with Oh, it. I do. I have um, questions, recipes, cocktail recipes. I know. So and good. Perfect. Spotify top 10, my top 10 songs about liars and lying. <laughs> I love that. Just for a little extra fun. That is so great. You know, yeah, that's, that's just right up our alley here. Yeah. <laughs> also, I believe that Random House has me on their list of authors that you can request for a virtual book club. So if anyone is... Oh, I'm, cool love to come to book clubs. I love to hear what people have to say about my work after I'm done with it. Cause it's sometimes I'll look back and I'll read something and I'm like, I wrote that. Like it becomes <laughs> something other. So I love hearing what people have to say. Oh, so. that's such a great idea. Yeah. Well, thank awesome. you so much. Thank All you right. guys. Stay well, stay cool. Cheers. Stay yep. Cheers. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us on today's adventure. Subscribe to our podcast on our website, gameofbookspodcast.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you liked what you heard, you can give us a five-star rating or review. You can also subscribe on YouTube, where you can watch and listen. On gameofbookspodcast.com, you can find all the information about what we talked about on this episode. And you can sign up for our newsletter or enter our fun contests and giveaways. We also post our stories and links on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Hope to see you there. I can guarantee you we had fun today. And we hope you did too. Cheers. Cheers.